0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I am Dr. Jay Calvert, and once again, here with the famous and excellent Millicent Rovello.
1: That's quite an introduction. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: Hopefully, you're going to live up to those words on this topic, because it's a topic near and dear to my heart, rhinoplasty.
1: Ooh, you said it.
0: I love rhinoplasty. I do a lot.
1: You do a little. You do a few.
0: Haven't had one. Oh. Thinking about it. Thinking Mm. about a rhinoplasty.
1: Why would you have a rhinoplasty?
0: Well, I have very severe nostril asymmetry and I think I need it fixed.
1: <laughs> well, the question is who would do it? That's the problem, right?
0: I mean, look at that. Like what <laughs> happened? Anytime, so that's always, anytime a patient says to me after they've had rhinoplasty, I'm very concerned about my nostril asymmetry. I say, my nostril asymmetry? Have a look. And they go, oh my God, what happened to you? I say, well, I played rugby. It's
1: nice when you can relate to your patients that way. I do,
0: but I, but I also let them know just because nostrils are asymmetric, it doesn't mean that you've had a problem with your nose job.
1: Sure. Lots of people have asymmetric nostrils.
0: 100% of human beings have asymmetric
1: <laughs> nostrils. We got off on a tangent here. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I feel like I should introduce Welcome to the Nostril you,
0: Podcast. Right?
1: I mean, you are, <laughs> and let me just say, the president of the Rhinoplasty Society. So oh, you've okay. done a few. You yeah. know a little bit about rhinoplasty.
0: I've done a few. It's definitely my favorite operation. I love it. I can see that. It's very, very challenging. Every rhinoplasty is just another opportunity to really enjoy the surgical experience of, of really trying to help somebody with something that I think is really difficult, but so rewarding.
1: And I've heard you say it a thousand times. You love doing these cases. You love working with these patients. And every case to you is your best case.
0: It should be. Yeah, every case I do, that case should be the best case I've ever done. Absolutely, I agree. Because you're bringing all of your experience. Like when I get in there, I think I think to myself, okay, I've done X number of rhinoplasties. This at this point, it's north of four thousand. And I thought about this case, and I've thought about this patient, and I saw them in the office at least twice. I've done the operation in my head at least six times, and here it is. This should be the best rhinoplasty I've ever done.
1: And I'm sure it is each time. It has to be. It has to be, right?
0: Right. It doesn't mean that the patient gets the spectacular spectacular result that maybe they wanted or that I wanted, but it's, it should be damn good.
1: So tell me a little bit about the rhinoplasty patients that you see. Someone comes in to see you and they've been thinking about doing a rhinoplasty for a long time. What are the things they say to you and what are you looking at when you see them?
0: Well, usually it's somebody who's uh, it, rhinoplasty is not a snap decision. Usually the patients have been thinking about it for a while. Right. They, you know, and they'll say things like, I have wanted to do this for so long, you have no idea. and right. And I actually do have an idea because typically a rhinoplasty comes to mind in your teenage years if you really don't like your nose. And you begin, I think that's when you begin to see yourself mm-hmm. really in mm-hmm. your teens. Absolutely. You start to really notice like, this is actually how I look. And this is how things are on my face. And especially for a lot of, you know, kids, their their noses start growing. And so right. You're gonna have it's like, a little
1: disproportionate for uh, a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you go through the awkward <laughs> phase, that's for sure. But I'm talking like post-awkward oh, phase. Oh, sure. like, This can be...
1: They don't, you know, they, they don't grow it, into their nose
0: that's the most common reason people yeah. come in is because I, my, my nose is too big it just yeah. I, I can't stand it like I look at it all the time I'm trying to look at my friend and I got to see my nose before you know so they they want it smaller for real right and it's it's a legitimate gripe from a aesthetic standpoint because the imbalance detracts from their look it having a large nose takes away from the eyes so it's not that a large nose is a problem in and of itself I have plenty of people in including myself, like, we got bigger noses. It's okay. It's part of their look. But for people that kind of see that it could be better if the nose were smaller and it'll enhance their eyes, they're they're talking rhinoplasty for sure.
1: And so when they come in and they tell you they've been thinking about it since they were teenagers, does the average patient tell you exactly what they want or do they just give a general idea? I just want a better nose. Well,
0: you know, and by the way, I want to kind of like, bring this down to people who have larger noses who we're talking about right now. Like if you're talking about like Asian rhinoplasty, it's a whole different animal. Sure. You know, like that. that this isn't the discussion. An Asian rhinoplasty is, you know, a whole different set of gripes. And those gripes are, are it's a, a lot of times uniform, topic, but yeah. we'll get to Asian rhinoplasty. Yeah. Um, this is like, I got a big nose and you could be any ethnicity and have a big nose, you know, it, 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 and there are Asian patients who have big noses too. If you make your way up into sort of Kazakhstan and, and areas of, of Asia, uh, where there's just, you know, more bridge and people just don't like it. I, I, I rarely find somebody who was like, you know what I really want? How about you make this? I know I have a big nose. But let's go. Let's go A bigger. A bit bigger. I think if Could we, we add on, it just you know maybe I don't even want to see my left field <laughs> of vision anymore. Like just like put it out there. Like that. That isn't the goal. That is not what happens. No. no. And it doesn't make you look better to have, you know, that gigantic nose. Now some people have that. That is their look. You know, I've got this gigantic nose, and that's who I am. But for those who want to see their eyes and have more balance in their face, rhinoplasty is an amazing way to go.
1: And so, what do you? do how do you decide what each patient needs so they come to you they don't like their nose they just want it to look better what is your decision process as to what you can do to make that happen for them
0: well the first thing is to find out what they want you know you got to get into their space and say well, what are you looking for in this you know because you these noses can go a lot of different ways right you know maybe they say you know i kind of like the size i just want it a little straighter you know maybe they say you know i want it to be tipped up a little bit whatever it is but I have them walk through like their top five things that they would do.
1: Now, do you encourage them to bring in pictures of noses, or is that not helpful because that's not their face?
0: Super helpful okay. because it talks about it shows stylistically what they're thinking, what they're looking for. Yeah, and that and that's not you know that's not a problem to bring in you know a photo of Kim Kardashian because everybody likes everybody her nose. It's just her like nose. oh, I love okay. her nose, or you know um, Angelina Jolie. Is a, is a common one that people bring in. Megan Fox, before she had um, a lot of rhinoplasty because her nose is very different than when she started her career. But they bring in those photos and you just go, all right, well, you do know that you don't look like Kim Kardashian, but I get the idea.
1: Yes, so it's helpful to you to get an idea of what they are thinking yeah. that they want.
0: You know, they're, they're, They are trying to communicate with those photos sure. and it's very helpful.
1: Now, do you ever have patients where you look at their photos and you're like, yeah, no, that's never going to happen to you? I
0: yes. can never
1: make your nose look anything like that.
0: Well, I had one guy bring in uh, photos of Meghan Markle. He's mm. uh, <laughs> He had rhinophyma and he oh. was north of 50 years old and he said, I really like her nose. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's hang on here for a second. I just want to like... <laughs> Wait, are there cameras in here? You know, <laughs> am because, I being pranked right now? Right, like what is what? That's hmm. Meghan Markle, and you're a dude, first of all, and you have rhinophyma, so your nose, which is a very like thick rosacea,
1: a big thick thing. nose. It's not not no, cute. No, so it's he's not like, that he well, wanted to go back to normal. He wanted to go to Meghan Markle.
0: He's like, what do you think the odds are? You're going to make my nose look like this? I was like. I think zero actually I'm going to go with zero on that one because there's no chance that your nose will look like Meghan Markle's but he's like but I like the slope I go I like the slope too can you do that yeah I can do the slope he goes I like the way the tip is uh, yeah you can do that too I said I can do all those things but you're not going to look like Meghan Markle he's like no I just want that style
1: got it I was like okay all right. So then, so then what's the next step? You have an idea of what the patient wants and you go to surgery with them. Can you tell us just a little bit about the steps you take, just in general, to so, get you know, a good rhinoplasty?
0: Well, good rhinoplasty comes from good planning. So a it's all a thousand percent. It is. It's all about oh, it, planning.
1: The, the hands, the work, you can learn. The planning is tough. Uh,
0: the rubber meets yeah. the road in the plan for the yeah. rhinoplasty. Yeah.
1: That's where it goes wrong, that's where it goes right.
0: For sure. And if you don't have a great plan, you know, I was just on the, uh, on a Skype call today with a patient from great Britain and she was like, I need you to tell me exactly what you want to do because I didn't ask the other two doctors. And this mm. is a revision rhinoplasty mm. and I walked her through everything. I'm going to cut the bones this way. I'm going to use this to do this. I'm going to put a graph like this. And I walked through all those things because I could tell what I needed to do. And she said, that makes me feel much better.
1: So even though she may not necessarily follow exactly what you were doing, she liked that you had a plan.
0: She wanted to hear that I knew what I was going to
1: do. And the goal of that plan. Correct.
0: And so with any rhinoplasty, analysis of the nose and planning of the operation is paramount to getting good results.
1: I could not agree more.
0: Flawless execution of the operation helps a tremendous amount as well. There is that. There is that. I mean, you got to be focused. You know, that's the thing about... You know, I do a lot of my operations on Instagram live, you know, and I've have people in the operating room with me all the time there on any given operation. There is no less than five people in the operating room. You
1: travel with an entourage.
0: There's no less than five. Every time. Right. So what people always say who watch because the family members of these patients will watch their That's loved nuts. ones have <laughs> operations. Yeah. I'm like, do you want to watch? And they're like, sure. I would lo- Oh, we'd love that. And, you know, so we put it over live over, you know, Instagram or whatever. And. They always say, you know, geez, you are, you are so relaxed while you're doing this. And you're just so confident and so deliberate with your motion. And they said, there's just no wasted motion. And yet you, you're having fun and talking and talking about the case and enjoying it. I said, well, I love what I do. I said, but this plan has been hammered down for like no less than six times. Right. No less, the operation has been done in my head no yeah. less than six times before I get to surgery.
1: The hard part's already been done.
0: So it's yeah. over. You know, right. I mean, I, I would say like monkeys could do it, but that's not true. Right. You know, monkeys are, you know, they like bananas. They swing from trees. They're not really good at operating. The truth is, execution of the operation is not trivial. It is hard.
1: It is. Yes.
0: It's a hard operation. Right. I mean, you've done lots of rhinoplasties yourself.
1: It's not easy, but you, it's, it's the plan. Once you have the plan, you can be relaxed and you can do it and you can take your time and do your movements because you know that your plan is going to work.
0: Of course. And like all things, it's just like a recipe for a chef. You know, if uh, Emerald Lagasse makes, you know, a spaghetti dinner, it's very different than if I make a spaghetti dinner. And so that's where I think, you know, rhinoplasty is truly a, an art form that every nasal artist has their look that they achieve.
1: That's, I think that's very true. And I know you and I have talked about this before. Every patient is unique and different and their noses are going to be their own unique nose, but each surgeon definitely has a look. And if you look at For their before sure. and afters, you can start to sort of pinpoint that. So you're not going to want to go to a surgeon whose noses you don't like because you might get a version of that nose
0: A hundred percent It is You it, You are going to get That stylistic yeah. Aspect of their Artistry in nasal surgery If right. you don't like their Before and afters on their website Well you're certainly Not going to like it on right. your face
1: Right Because that's going to be What you get
0: That's what you're going to yeah. get yeah. When people ask me What I'm going to do I'm going to say I'm going to do all these things But it's going to look like these Do you like these noses yeah. And that's what it's going to look like I mean I can't That's what I like I think that's what looks good. That's what I'm going to do. And that's how it goes. And uh, when people try to, you know, direct the operation, that's when I say, you know, I'm not the guy for you.
1: You know, that's actually when problems seem to occur. I just know that from myself, my own experience. Um, I do what I think is best for a patient with their input and making sure that I'm giving them what they are looking for and asking for. But anytime I sort of change what I know might be best because I want the patient to be happy or because they're asking for something, that's always when I have problems. Always.
0: I said this to a patient and it may not have been like my finest moment, Hmm. but I, I was sort of frustrated with a patient that I'd done a revision rhinoplasty on and she was very happy with the result for six years and she came back to me and she said you know there's a problem with my nose and she looked amazing like her nose looked great and I said what's the problem she goes there's a scar on the inside of my nostril I said well that's the incision we made to,
1: to open, open nose. your nose
0: yeah. and she goes well I really don't like it I was like okay Nobody can see it. It's inside your nostril. She goes, but I think it's very prominent. And I think you, what you need to do is you need to go inside my nose and you need to remove the cartilage that's shaping my nostril. And that needs to come out. And that's going to make the scar less prominent. I oh, go. Wow. So you want me to take out the lateral curve that's holding <laughs> up your nostril? She goes, yes. I go, well. You're not qualified to do this operation. Therefore, you're not qualified to tell me what to do with this operation. Therefore, I'm going to tell you you know, respectfully, I'm not going to do that.
1: You're not going to remove the support structure of her tip?
0: No. <laughs> to fix the scar inside of her nostril. Okay. Obviously, there were some other issues at hand. Sure. But the point is, is that you can't do what the patients are telling you to do without really walking them through how the operation works. And then you can take that input. You can take their input from, uh, well, I think it should be lower, higher, up or down. How to do it, though, the only person qualified to tell you how to do these operations is another plastic surgeon or facial plastic surgeon. Sure, someone who's Qualified who does the surgery. to tell you how to do surgery. Yeah.
1: But, it's, I mean, I'm sure they. you can read all kinds of things on the internet. It's the
0: internet. <laughs> internet. That's right. Oh, but, I doctor, have the most, but I have Google the most says. famous Dr. Google story. <laughs>
1: The we surgeon love will, Dr.
0: Here's the Dr. Google story of the day. And this is not, I don't want to you know digress too much from rhinoplasty, but it's an important story because people read about rhinoplasty on the internet and they feel like they know how to do surgery. Right. It's not true. You don't know how to do these. Even if you watch me do them, I, I can hand you the knife and something bad is going to happen if you're not qualified to do surgery. So the most famous story is that a patient called from the Middle East, one of my friends who is a, surgeon and was there operating and she called and said I have to come see you I have a parotid fistula you know after my facelift there's something rotting through my face and it's a parotid fistula and uh the surgeon said well get on you need to come right away I've never even seen that that's a huge problem that's a big problem she goes I'll be right there gets on the plane flies from Saudi Arabia all the way over to the U.S. gets in the office and we're all looking at her and we're like okay show us the fistula she's like Look here on the side. And, and look here too. I, I think I have it on both sides. And we're like, the swelling from the facelift? She's like, yes, it's very it's very swollen here.
1: Oh, no. We're like. So let's interject well, that's, a parotid fistula. That's, no, that's is, from the
0: surgery. Is, I, they said that swelling's from the surgery. She goes, oh, well, I went on the internet and it said based on my symptoms that I have a parotid <laughs> fistula. Oh,
1: and we're no, like. Oh, that's bad. Did
0: you fly first class here? She's yeah said, who told you you had the parotid fistula? She's like, the internet. The internet. And she literally up and left and flew to the United States. Oh my goodness. Spent all this money to come and have surgery, to have her parotid fistula, and she was swollen from her facelift.
1: And a parotid fistula is when you actually have fluid,
0: lots of of fluid, draining out of your face. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. (laughs) Not even like, like it wasn't. Even, it was like she might as well call and said like I think I have a brain tumor. Yeah, and was, I'm coming to see you. Okay.
1: Oh, poor lady.
0: Oh, what did the CT scan? I didn't have a CT scan. I'm pretty sure I have one because like I can feel it. So it was really sad because she spent
1: a loads lot of money. of
0: money based on and like we didn't even think. From that standpoint, that somebody would fly. Like, I remember talking to my friend, and he was just like, Yeah, you know, she's got a prodded fistula. She's got to come over. I was like, Yeah, you bet she does. Like, that's crazy. Like, he's like, I've never even seen that. Like, how would that happen from a facelift? I was like, I have no idea. That's nuts. He goes, We're going to have to fix it. It booked the OR. OR was reserved. Like, we were ready. But what it was is she had had a facelift, and she was a little swollen. A little swollen a little on little both swollen sides. On the sides. both sides. So be careful. I mean, don't, don't. Don't go down that Google rabbit hole.
1: Oh, and you can go real far down that. Well, I had this kind of cut, and I had these millimeter graphs, and, and you can really, you can get it's in your mind. It's crazy. I
0: mean, I feel bad for patients because I don't, there's no way to interpret Dr. Google at this point.
1: No, there's too much There's data. no safety. There's no, just there's data no.
0: everywhere, and the the way that people read it is like, you know, the worst case scenario possible. They must have that.
1: Well, that is how our minds are wired. <laughs> I know. I do it too. I do it all the time. <laughs> oh my god! Shoot, I, I have, I have Lyme here. disease. That's right. I, must
0: have, I must have cancer. I must have something. I got something bad. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you, it's it. It is how we're wired. So, but it's really scary when you don't have the ability to discern right. what's on there. I mean, and and this. I mean, I, she must have spent fifty thousand dollars coming for us. To, yeah. Like we could have just been like, oh, you're just swollen. Yeah, that's normal. That's <laughs> after surgery. Just. Know, put some ice on it
1: so using that line of thought it's swollen tell me about your it's swollen experience with your rhinoplasty patients oh <laughs> doctor okay. it's what about this all right
0: so it's here's swollen. the deal rhinoplasty makes the nose swell <clears throat> especially the way i do it i do open rhinoplasty and there's a lot of swelling in fact the worst day for a primary rhinoplasty. The worst it's going to look the, is going to be the day that you take the dressings down. when You take of the course. splint off.
1: Right. And they look in the mirror for the first time.
0: Okay. But this, you see, the thing is, <laughs> is that is in contrast to the old school rhinoplasties, where the best day for the rhinoplasty when they were done closed with packing and a splint and a cast that went up on the forehead. The best day for that nose was the day the splint came down. So there used to be in the like when I was in high school like back in the stone age when the splint came off that was the aha moment and the and the parents went
1: oh, oh it's my amazing. baby <laughs> it's incredible
0: and now they take it off they go like wait mm-hmm. we paid for that because yeah. it looks like a potato a potato for a while and you know that's why I use the term you won't be restaurant ready for about two to three weeks because restaurant ready tells you like you can go out to dinner and you're looking right. good and, you're, and no yeah, one's gonna look nobody's at gonna you be too like, much Jesus yeah um, but I think that uh you know it's it's definitely something you got to know about
1: and how long does it last for?
0: Well, with the primary rhinoplasty, the acute swelling is about two to three weeks, and then it's puffy and surgical looking especially when you take photographs for about three months. but it's a full year. Yeah. I mean, I just saw an eight week post up right now she's over the moon she's so happy, and it's definitely puffy yeah. I mean it's still like when you snap that selfie you're like Mm. there's an issue there because it's still swelling from surgery. And that just takes time. Patience. Yeah. The patients have to have patience, And that's very hard for everybody. I mean, we talk, my staff is fully trained to talk everybody off the swelling ledge. Yeah. You got a routine.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, the only other thing that we should um, knock out here about rhinoplasty is that it's all about selecting the surgeon that's right for you. And we talked a little bit about that with the before and afters. Um, but that's really it. you got to look at those before and after galleries and make sure that you can find stuff in there that you like.
1: Right. Some doctors make bigger noses. Some make cute little button noses. And y- right. you have to like what their style is.
0: It's all about style.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I think my noses look the best, but <laughs> that's because I do a them. a tiny <laughs> bit of bias. Just a little bit there. I'm pretty biased. <laughs> so You know, and I'm sure like my friends think their noses look the best. And I think you think your noses look yeah. the best because that's the way. That's it, what they,
1: you do. That's your aesthetic. You better think they're the best. <laughs>
0: You don't want to be like, I don't uh, really like mine, but let okay. me tell you, here's the, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. wait, okay. Yeah. My rhinoplasty. Okay. okay. Yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What is that? That's a, that's a, like a, that's a commercial for something. Oh, I don't know. Don't worry. I'll translate. My Dutch is just okay. You know, they're, he's like, I don't know what it is anyway. Um, but that's the key. And then the other thing too is, you know, to make sure that you have some time to heal this thing up.
1: Right, no awards shows or birthday parties in two weeks. Family photos, yeah. Like,
0: give it time, yeah. Cool. Well, we'll circle back to many things in rhinoplasty. We'll do. Yes. We'll do special. That was our
1: intro into primary rhinoplasty. That's
0: right, and I'm telling you, there's there's so much to talk about. I could probably do 49 podcasts. You on You could do rhinoplasty.
1: a rhinoplasty podcast. Ooh, just on its own. <laughs>
0: this is the this is the rhinoplasty podcast. Yes. Yeah that that's got a very limited audience.
1: Yeah, all those poor people that are already on the Google rabbit hole. Oh Oh, man, man. that would be awful.
0: Yeah. All right, well, well, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy. As well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rockspot Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spaulding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310 777 0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 Westcliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty, and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. If you'd like to get more information about our actual plastic surgery practices, you can take a look at my practice at drcalvert.com and Dr. Rovello.
1: Rovelloplasticsurgery.com my phone number is 310-954-1355, or you can contact us directly through the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com.
0: You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310 8800 and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office.
1: My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is three one zero nine five four one three five five. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is Rovelloplasticsurgery.com.
0: We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune ups.